Hello, baseball fans, and welcome to a long-awaited episode of Swings and Mishes. I'm your co-host and producer, Jeremy Taché, joined by Craig Mish on this lovely Tuesday morning. Craig, how you doing? I'm doing well, Jeremy. It is great to see you. Great to catch up with you. Our first podcast here of November. I, I don't even think that this could be our first one of October, too. It's yeah. been a while. It's been a while. I mean, I mean, you have become the big superstar now. You just don't have any time to do these anymore. <laughs> I mean, Miami mic'd up and covering the Heat and the Panthers and Marlins stuff, high oh, school man. football. I just can't keep up with you anymore. So I'm <laughs> I, I'm thankful for you that you were able to give me about 30 minutes to to do this to do this today here on Swings and Missions. Don't ever forget where you started, Jeremy. I hope everyone knows the truth is that I'm not big timing Craig at all. And this is our first moment oh, to he's have this conversation. Every day. Let's get out of you here. Want to do a podcast, Craig, Jeremy? No. <laughs> get out of here. I'm yeah, too yeah. busy, man. <laughs> sure. I got sure. I'm, I'm catching up. I'm making news with Tyler Hero. I don't have time. I don't have time for your nonsense and swings and missions. What are you gonna do? Ice cream stuff, Craig? Come on, get back to <laughs> real stuff. <laughs> Right, well, th thankful for you. Thankful for this podcast. Happy Thanksgiving week, everyone. And uh, Marlins fans are probably feeling pretty thankful, Craig, with the news that you reported earlier today that the Marlins and Sandy Alcantara are close to an extension here. Obviously, the Marlins extended Miguel Rojas earlier this offseason, five years north of 55 million. Craig, where do things stand at the moment with Sandy Alcantara and the Marlins? Yeah, well, first of all, I want to thank my buddies over at Sunshine Landscaping for coming to my house and taking care of my backyard in time for Thanksgiving. Those guys do a great job. By the way, it's S-O-N-S-H-I-N-E, Sunshine Landscaping. Those guys are awesome in Broward County. For those of you who need one, I would highly recommend. And given that, you know, this is my podcast, uh, it's great to be able to talk about people that take care of me. So I want to make sure that I take care of them. Um so Sandy, so Sandy is going to sign a long-term extension with the Marlins and uh, it's going to be soon. I, I don't know exactly when, but it's coming. It's coming very quickly. I would say in all likelihood, I would say, uh, let me try to think this through. I, I, I think it's fair to say that before December, this would get done. I mean, I, I really think that this could be done even before Thanksgiving too. So the, the way that it stands right now, as as for people who follow on on social media is that it, it's it's going to be a 5 year extension and i mentioned north of 55 million dollars i think it's right around that range of course there could be some other things involved in that so you know keep an eye for that and 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 again getting to the intricacies of of the deal you know i don't i don't think is as important as you just kind of, everyone now knows sort of what the framework is and so this will be the most money ever given to a player with this amount of arbitration left uh, on his contract for a pitcher so they will break history as far as that is concerned this the, the framework for this is very similar Jeremy to Carlos Martinez when he did this with the St. Mm -hmm. Louis Cardinals ironically uh, same people involved at the time doing this a little bit of a different uh, agency switch, but re regardless of that, uh, you know, Sandy now with CAA, uh, they're the ones that are doing this contract now. So, um, and, and so what, the, what is the hang up? Why isn't it done as of Tuesday? I mean, there are little things in contracts, things that players want, things that the team wants. I want this. We'll give you this. Okay. Mm. But we want this back instead. I mean, these are not deal breaking uh, things. These are really minuscule in terms of a major league baseball player in an organization, but things that both sides are, you know, sort of going back and forth on. And I, there's no need for me to really get into it at this point. When the deal is done, I'll get, I'll give you all those details. 
and uh, you know the organization will slap me around a little bit. That's fine. But I'll, I'll give I'll give you those when when that comes out. So expect Sandy to be signed long term here, and this should be done in the next week or so, maybe less, maybe more. But I'm very confident you know, to put something like that out there. You have to know how mm-hmm. confident I am in this being done. Uh, very exciting for me personally. I think that probably in terms of media. I go back further with Sandy than maybe anybody else in the country. I'm going to mention Sandy that he, actually. Yeah. When he came yeah. here from the Dominican Republic, uh, I, re- I remember hearing about him. He must've been 16 or 17. I remember speaking to him on the Cardinals side back when you could go freely back and forth with the Marlins and Cardinals on their spring training sites. And, and I remember um, one of his agents at the time introducing me to him when Carlos had just done his deal, I think, if I'm not mistaken, and saying that this was going to be the next you know, <laughs> guy that was going to do that, and he's going to be on the Cardinals. And so Sandy didn't speak any English at the time. I almost had no communication with him whatsoever. And he was just a young, skinny, tall kid who could throw really hard. And, and I remember <laughs> watching his uh, bullpen. I, he must – I mean, he probably was 18. I think he was probably 18. I remember watching a bullpen of his, and, and the ball flies out of his hands, going real fast, all over the place. <laughs> but, but, but you could see that like something was going to be there. And, and, and then when, uh, and then fast forward a couple of years as he's sort of developing through the system and, and I had kept in touch with Sandy throughout that time too. Um, but, but then what happened was uh, Stanton was on the block. Right. Mm. And so as I was uh, intently, as probably most people remember covering that, <laughs> I, I, I was told, Hey, if Sandy, if, if he goes to the Cardinals, if, if uh, Stanton goes to the Cardinals, Sandy Alcantara is going to be the centerpiece of that deal. And, and that, of course, Stanton turned down the Cardinals and he turned down the Giants and he ended up going to the Yankees. And so naturally when Ozuna was being dealt, it was, it was brought to my attention. We're going to, you know, this is the guy that's coming back again. It's going to be Sandy Alcantara. So I, by that time I had a lot of familiarity with him, kept in touch with Sandy throughout his time in the minor leagues, was super excited for him to make his major league debut uh, ironically, his first season with the Marlins, he goes on the injured list. If you remember this, Jeremy, I don't know if you remember this, but uh, Sandy, I, I mean, he'd probably get mad at me, whatever. Uh, he, he, had, he had actually cut, he cut himself shaving uh, yep. under under his armpit, and then it, it developed an infection. Did you know that's the only time Sandy has been on the injured list? That's it that is really the only is. time. You know the COVID thing, but that but that is the only that's time amazing. that he has been hurt in all the time that he's been in the big leagues. So why do I tell this story? It is a huge testament to a young man who has grown as much or more than any player that I've seen come over from the Dominican Republic who has taken on a leadership role, who has, with help, of course, of Mel Stottlemyer and the Marlins, uh, Don Mattingly too, has really become the leader uh, of the pitching staff, if not the leader of the entire team. I always say that I'm so amazed of how well he speaks English because I just, I just can't believe it. I, he just literally spoke no English whatsoever and learned so fast and does all of his English interviews yep. so well too. So I, I could not be more proud of him. I think, he, I think everybody should be. It's just a great testament to somebody who has ability and found uh, an organization and, and within himself to be able to unlock it. So I'm probably getting ahead of my whole self here because we're going to end up <laughs> doing another podcast when he signs his extension but I ain't going to wait. And so congratulations in advance as, as Sandy is, is now the biggest contract Jeremy given out by this new ownership group of the Miami Marlins. Whenever it does happen, this will be the biggest deal, the most money 
that they have committed to. Well, and I can't think of a better guy to give it to, to be honest, who's, who's a better representative of sort of the, you know, the success within the regime change where there's been success here in these trades. I mean, you look back at, at the trade of Marcelo Zuna to the Cardinals and you get an exchange, Sandy Alcantara, you mentioned this earlier, Zach Gallen, who turns into Jazz Chisholm Jr. Those are a couple of centerpieces of your organization that, you know, were a part of that trade before. And so now for Sandy, who I remember we conducted, or you really conducted, but we conducted with Swings and Mishes, one of his first ever English speaking interviews. That's right. When he was first with the Marlins and finally feeling comfortable enough to do that. And I remember the trepidation that he had, the nerves on his face. And now, you know, that guy just a few years later, the comp, the swaggering confidence that he has after throwing gems and then speaking in English, like, yeah, I was dealing out there. Yeah, my slider was amazing. Like, it's just, it's been special to watch him grow too. And as someone who's relatively close in age, it's kind of been cool to see him grow. So super excited for Sandy. And and obviously as, as just a, a fan of his, it's exciting to know he'll be here for a number of years going yeah, it'll forward. get done it'll be soon mm-hmm. I, don't, I, I can't give you exactly when but it got to the point from a reporting perspective for me that you just to take you behind the curtain like i always yeah. do with my reporting i like to keep it real is that it got to the point where i knew that if i didn't say something that that somebody else would it was it sure. was it's, it was really getting to that point and uh friday i went to the 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 turkey giveaway uh the marlins did a, a fantastic thing for the community giving away um tons of turkeys i don't know how many there's so many people in that parking lot i probably should have mm. the exact number but um you know community wise uh you know and that's another great thing that i could say uh you know i've been so tough and critical and negative lately but it, it is really great to have you I know mean, they they asked sandy to come to this turkey distribution in the midst of of people like me asking about contract extension and they put them right there i mean the marlins have always made these guys uh available and accountable to talk about so um, just, just want to say that. So nice job by them. But in addition, got a chance, uh, Jeremy to talk to Kim Eng one-on-one for a bit. Um, uh, Derek Jeter, of course, was an interview. Everybody saw that I'm sure by mm-hmm. now. And, uh, you know, and of course, talk, talk to other, you know, other people in, in the organization. So I'd love to get into I mean, what everybody really wants to know here, which is free agency and trades and the Sandy story is great, but I have a feeling people have tuned in for more than that. So I'm yeah. going to give you, I'm going to give you as much as I can. Well, you have been uh, sitting back more a bit in terms of the way that, that we've sort of felt your presence this off season. It's been a little more reserved Craig Mish. That is true. Uh, and, and, and what, what's the reason for that? What, what, what sort of been yeah. the, the thinking behind that? Yeah. You know, it's true. Now I, I don't, I don't want to come off at all here as self-centered or somebody who thinks that I have any impact at all whatsoever with what's going on the Marlins. Make no mistake about it. I do not. Okay. But as a reporter, you can ruin trades and you can ruin free agency. And I think that a couple of years ago, I just really didn't care. Like I just kind of was like everything that I would hear, I would just put out there. And again, I was only putting out truth but did I triple source the stuff? Ah, I don't know. Probably not. I just kind of was like having fun. Everyone knows me doing the percentage meters and JT right. and, and all that other stuff. And, and all that was fact. I mean, all that was true. I didn't just throw names out there. Like the, this was information that I gathered. But the more and more that I've done this and sort of over the last year, I, I've kind of decided this is such a big offseason for this team in particular 
that I don't want to step in and get in the way <laughs> of saying something that could hurt one way or the other. And I'm just going to kind of let the guys who do the rumors do the rumors. And when I know something to be a fact, and when I believe something is close to, to happening, maybe I'll report it. Maybe I won't. But I just don't want to put myself in, in harm's way this year of that. And so uh, after this is all said and done, when it's all over, I will go through all the players that they were going for, all you know the trades that they almost made. You know, I mean, I'm sorry, guys, but right. I'm going to do it. But I'm going to let them execute this plan that they have in the offseason without throwing too much stuff out there that is just part of discussion because I don't want anything to go the wrong way. Uh, for those of you who think, you know, I'm negative and, you know, and, and I just don't believe in anything, this should tell you that that's not the case. My investment right. is for them to win. <laughs> right. And if I really wanted to hurt the situation, we could do that for the next 10 minutes. I literally right. could. But I'm not going to do it. So when things are close, I will give you the information, whether it is uh, here on the podcast, whether it is on Twitter or with the Herald. By the way, I just re-upped with them again. So I'll Congratulations. be with for, for a period of time as well. And, and, and you guys will all have it. But this year, in terms of rumors, Jeremy and I will get into it here based on what's been reported. Right. But I simply put, I'm not just going to throw caution to the wind with every little thing that I'm hearing this year. I'm sorry, ladies and gentlemen, this year, I'm not, I'm not going to do it. Facts only for me this year. Facts only. That's it. We're going to have to change your uh, Twitter display name to Craig Mish facts only and facts just, only, uh, just have, have that be what's going on. Hashtag That's facts it. only. Uh, well, all right. So, so not on your reporting here, but I would love to delve into some of the stuff that's been floated out there by sure. others so that we mm -hmm. can sort of verify and, and have some conversation around it. So, okay. Yeah. St starting with uh, John Heyman said that the Marlins have made contact with both Nick Castellanos, the hometown mm -hmm. kid, and then Starling Marte, who obviously was here last year. What's the legitimacy there with those two guys? Yeah, I mean, we contact with both those things are true. And by the way, John does, you know, I know John very well personally, does a great job. Anything that we discuss here on the podcast is me not taking shots at them. I've been on the other side of, you know, mm -hmm. when the Atlanta stuff was going on in Real Muto, the Atlanta reporters were so miserable. They were all shooting at me, telling me that I was wrong. I am definitely not in the business of doing that. So what you right. should do is with anybody who reports anything national, you should always choose to do whatever you want, believe or not believe. That's completely up to you. I'm not here to to stomp all over somebody else's reporting. Just keep that in mind before we go forward. Um, in terms of seriousness for both, there is not, in my opinion, based on what I know. I, I think the Marlins would love to have Nick Castellanos. Absolutely no question. This is a Scott Boris client. This thing is going down to the bitter end, February. Max offer, put your last offer in. What's the most you're going to go? Will that benefit Miami or not? I don't know. Who am I to say? I think not. I think Miami is probably not the kind of team that's going to wait and roll the dice that they right. have the most money to get at free agency at the end. But I am hopeful at least that they'll be in that conversation. Why do I say that? Well, unfortunately, on the side of Starling Marte, while I do feel that the discussions are genuine in nature, uh, John did follow up a report, which I had heard. But again, different me this year, not going to be crapping all over <laughs> things just for the sake of it. It is not an offer that's even close to what mm. to what Starling Marte will accept. Just a, a significantly well below expectation offer um, from my understanding. And so uh, I, I do not think that there is almost any chance that the Marlins end up back with Starling Marte. 
furthermore, it really doesn't, you know, and, and I like Starling Marte, but furthermore, I don't even understand the sense of this whole thing. You, you had Starling Marte on your team hmm. in July. And so you, you, you could have signed them then by, you know, throwing, throwing, the, not throwing the money that they're asking now to try and get them, but maybe a little bit sure. more. Why, why are we going back down this road again? I just, I, it's a little perplexing to me. It may be just along the lines of doing due diligence on all free agents that are out there. But what happens is when we hear something and when you guys hear something out there or see something on social media, you think all of a sudden that that's something that they're doing. And could I have jumped in at that point and said, bucket of water, wet blanket, not happening? Right. No, I'm, I'm, I'm letting that happen by organically. <laughs> this, uh, <laughs> letting but, it, letting but, it play itself out. I'm let, and if somebody else reports it, I'm glad to talk about it. But I, I personally don't think that Starling is coming back here. I've, I've been told the offers are genuine. Let's see what happens. Okay, mm-hmm. fine. But in my opinion, based on what I know, I, I, I really don't think so. So, uh, you know, as far as both players being contacted, yes. As far as signing both, I, I'm iffy on it, but the Marlins will have to make a decision. If they're willing to wait on Castellanos, then maybe they are one of the last teams standing on that. But I, I don't think like he's a guy that's getting signed in the next week, Jeremy. So contact, maybe not contract. Hey, all right. John, wow. Another John. Uh, that that's, why, that's, why, that's why Miami Mic'd Up exists. That type of joke right there. Not John Heyman, John Morosi. He talked about the Blue Jays with the Marlins. He mentioned Sandy and Pablo and Trevor and threw out right. a bunch of different uh, things with the Marlins and their pitching staff and their depth. He also threw out the name Alejandro Kirk as a catching option coming back to the Marlins. Obviously... Sandy's not going anywhere based off of this extension, but is there any sort of, you know, momentum between the Blue Jays and the Marlins together? Yeah, I'm, I'm not sure how, how all of this was derived. I'm guessing some of it was at the, the GM meetings and, and, and John, who you know, does a great job on MLB.com mm-hmm. and MLB Network, um, you know, reporting this, uh, reporting these things. Uh, but I, I, I mean, from the, you know, just from the, the sourcing that I did, I was given a pretty swift, like, no on a lot of that mm. stuff um which is you know which is fine i mean i don't know maybe it is true maybe it is not i can only tell you independently from you know my reporting is that first of all i, I find i i just kind of find it hard to believe that regardless of the talent offensively and i know kirk's name was thrown out a couple times that an organization based on skill based on tools based on uh, fitness, no offense to Kirk, is going to throw Kirk behind home plate for 100 games. I, that is just, you know, again, speaking of my opinion, uh, Blue Jays have another catcher in their system, in their organization, which is certainly interested. His name is Moreno. I would invite all of you to take a you know look at him. He played in the Arizona Fall League. Maybe that's more of a, uh, you know, of a possibility there. That is just me spitballing and not knowing. All I can tell you about Toronto is, yes, I, I do think that uh, there is some stuff there. I don't know if it's going to work out or not, but that, but these two teams, at least from that part, conceptually speaking, I think that there is a chance that these two teams can get together. And I will be watching very closely the Blue Jays and the Marlins as we move forward. Well, and then there's other trade partners that have been put out there. And, and you yourself actually mentioned Byron Buxton as a, a possibility for the Marlins in center field. Why Byron Buxton? And, and is there you know, momentum there toward getting Buxton in center field for the Marlins. I've done a lot of research on this and a lot of discussion on Byron Buxton, because to me, he fits the bill of my opinion on the Marlins, which Mm -hmm. is maybe different than the way that they see it. 
the way that I see it is that I think they're further away to contending than they do. Just my opinion. I just, I just don't think that there is a multifaceted approach of two or three guys that all of a sudden is going to make them into 90 wins next year. I, I just don't see it. Um, I see Byron Buxton as that player. That's who, that's what I see. I, I see a player that is a huge risk, but one that can come in and make you a contender and, and take a player on his shoulders um, yep. higher level than what Starling Marte can do offensively, defensively, stealing bases, hitting home runs, uh, you know, clubhouse guy, family guy from fl- so many positive things uh, on Buxton for me. But again, there's a lot of negative too injuries contract. So here, here's kind of where this Buxton thing stands similar to Castellanos in a way Miami would be playing a little bit of a poker game waiting this one out too, because from my Intel, from what I am told, no one really knows for sure what the twins are going to do about Buxton. Hmm. Apparently there is just, you know, like every organization, there's some sort of disconnect that not everybody is on the same page. Some people feel that, yes, let's give them the, I don't know, hundred million, 90 million, whatever that number is. And let's sign him to, because he turned down 70 as, as previously reported. I think the athletic reported mm-hmm. um, turned down 70. So let's say the number is 90. Let's say, let's say in, in Florida, the number is 80. I, I don't know exactly what it is. So my understanding is, is that there's, there's part of the organization that wants to extend. And there's part of the organization that is like, wow, taking a deeper look at the twins. I mean, maybe we should cash out at this point. I mean, the mm-hmm. White Sox are you know going to be contending. Detroit is, is coming on too. I mean, maybe, maybe it is time for the twins to hit that reset. I don't, I don't know that is the case, but these are some of the things that I'm hearing. So are the Marlins uh, interested perhaps in trading for Byron Buxton? I believe so. I do believe that to be the case, but it is complicated. I don't think they or anyone else knows for sure what the situation is going to be with him moving forward. And then there are other complications with it there. You know, again, Jeremy, this is a player that is going to be a free agent at the end of the season. Miami could be trading for a player that they only have for one year again. Do they want to go mm-hmm. down that road? My counter to that in conversations that I have had is, boy, wouldn't that be a nice problem to have, to have Byron Buxton and you're 10 games over on July 31st and you're thinking, what do we do? And you're holding a bag with $100 million. It's an easy question for me. Maybe it was a little different with Marte. They weren't playing well. He's older, even though they should have kept him, in my opinion, too. That's another scenario that could potentially play out. It is also my understanding that if Buxton was traded, and I want to make this point, if Buxton was traded, not just to Miami, but anywhere else, there is an opportunity for that team to have a window of time where they could negotiate a long-term contract with Buxton before that trade is done. Okay, Hmm. so that could happen. It is not something that happens all the time. And what would have to happen is that the player and the player's representatives would have to agree to allow that window to happen to negotiate. And it is my understanding based on my intel is that in this situation and maybe even others, but in this situation, potentially that would be allowed to happen. Hmm. Doesn't mean that that would even get done. It, It could get nothing could get done and the trade could get smashed. But these are all things, and so I want people to understand just how complicated this scenario is. Number one, we don't know if the trade of the Twins want to trade Byron Buxton. Number two, we don't know if they want to extend him. Number three, we don't know if the team acquiring Buxton is even interested in extending mm-hmm. him long term. And then number four, 
from Miami's point of view, if you're going to make this deal with Bucks, then you better be asking about Mitch Garver too. So yep. now there's a catcher involved in the trade. And now all of a sudden, whatever whatever they were asking for straight up for Buxton because it becomes a lot more. And my understanding is also the asking price, even in a limited basis, when Minnesota has sort of piqued the interest of other teams, it's a lot. They're still asking for a lot. Um, is there precedent for this? Of course there is. Uh, Francisco Lindor, this just happened with Francisco right. Lindor. He was traded with Carlos Carrasco. He went to the Mets. Look at the return that Cleveland got in return. Was it fantastic? I don't think so. It was okay. They got a Rosario. They got Andres Jimenez. They got some decent players back in return. I mean, to me, no brainer for Miami as far as that is concerned. So trust me, just because I'm not on this podcast and just because I'm not (laughs) talking about this all the time publicly, I am discussing this privately a lot, if not every single day. So that's the Buxton scenario. And so I wish I could just tell you, Jeremy, and everybody else out there that it is just that simple as just to trade for the player. But look how much I just gave you, not even to mention... The guy's been hurt like every year for the past four or five years. And so what about that? All of a sudden now you're trading these high-end prospects for a player that can't stay on the field. So I understand Miami's uh, and, and other teams, their their interest, but it's got to be at the right cost. And they don't even really have a full cost right now because they don't know if the Twins are going to trade him or not. I know that was long-winded on Buxton, but I want everybody to understand. At the end of the day, if Miami got Buxton to me, it would be a it would be huge it would really be a franchise changing deal the only other player that i see out there it's even been discussed that could make the marlins into a contender would be jose ramirez and i haven't heard his name Mm. being traded once i like brian reynolds a lot don't get me wrong but brian reynolds is not coming here and single-handedly byron buxton plus 10 like that's that's not but no he's not byron buxton so there there are not a lot that to think that he could even be available five years ago when he was drafted right now jeremy is astounding but unfortunately for the twins and, and by the way, twins have done a fantastic job scouting, developing, winning. It just comes a time where you have to look in the mirror. Maybe this is a time, maybe not. We'll see. All I was going to say to add to that is this entire time you've been having this conversation. All I could think of is how many times do people as talented as Byron Buxton just sit out there for you to go get them. Like this isn't free agency. You can go get him now, even if just for the singular year. And just like you mentioned, to put yourself in position to possibly say, okay, hey, we are performing. Hey, he is performing. Hey, he's healthy. Let's have that extension. Or if it doesn't work and he's not healthy, because I understand the trepidation there. That's a legitimate concern for this guy. He would be spoken about in the he'd have won mvps he'd be on that level if he had just been healthy at the early point in his career so when you talk about that impact level of player it's risk reward but when you're in the position that the marlins are in presently offensively i don't imagine a little risk would be worth that reward but yeah i I do because because again the people who are running this organization have asked for patience and and i feel like they have been given it And four or five years in, you're really, in my opinion, lacking on the offensive side. And so is it acceptable for the team to have a losing season this year? 75 wins, 76 wins. I mean, certainly everyone out there can make their own judgment. I don't think it's acceptable. So maybe a big swing is, is, is the way to go. How many people feel like that in the organization currently with Miami? I I don't know. I mean, we'll, we'll have to map that all out, but uh, th- that's the one to me that it could completely change everything for them. And and by the yeah. way, one way or the other too. I mean, it may it may not work, but 
Mm-hmm. Cal- to me, it's a risk I want to take if, if that is out there. And it's all about, I mean, we've talked about this ad nauseum with this franchise for over a decade, but it's all about calculated risk, right? And it's like, right. you're, you're going and making decisions based off the risk reward. You're not just going and grabbing whatever free agent player is available. This is going and attacking a specific position of need, making trades with the assets that you have and, and going and adding to your franchise from there. So We'll see if that happens, but I, I am intrigued. There have been a few free agents that have already signed across Major League Baseball. Were the Marlins in on any of those? Were the Marlins interested in any of those players? Yeah, the the only one that I could tell you definitively that that they were was Manny Pena. So if that mm. gives you an idea of you know sort of what they're looking for at catcher, I think that that will give you an idea. Um, mm. Without getting into too many details or going in beyond that. Um, I, I think just knowing a name to me sets sets a uh, bar and sets a barometer for what you should be thinking as far as a catcher is concerned. So you could go back, you could look at his numbers. Um, you know that 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 to me is the guy. And look, I, I know that Kim Eng has not. I mean, in my opinion, given the best public comments on on some of this stuff, but I, I mean, this is this is not you know, Bill Belichick here, and this is not the Patriots. Like you, you can acknowledge that the catching is a major deficiency on the Marlins, like a mm. major deficiency on the Marlins. And so any upgrade is a good upgrade. And so I think Pena would have been good, but again, I'm okay. You know, they didn't, they didn't get him fine, but now you kind of know. So that that's the kind of catcher that, that caliber of player that they are looking for. Unfortunately, in terms of free agency with Pedro Severino signing, and he didn't sign for much, but with him signing, there just really isn't a ton uh, in free agency left. I, I think Jan Gomes is probably the best, mm-hmm. the best catcher name out there. And and I don't have any indication one way or the other with Jan Gomes, a guy who, you know, could choose to to come here or not, or you yeah. know, play somewhere. I, I don't I don't really have a, a strong feeling on him one way or the other. So, Jeremy, to me, this all comes down to a couple things, and and really the one that I think in the end that I think is going to happen is I think that the Marlins inevitably either now or before the season starts, are going to make a very, very big trade. They're going to make, mm-hmm. a, I, I think that's the direction eventually that this is going to go that they're they're They, they may be involved in free agency to a degree, but I think the real, the real swing as I keep going back to is going to be some blockbuster type trade that they're going to make. I think they'll make maybe the biggest impact off season trade of any team where they're going to try to maybe several trades in baseball, because I just simply don't see a $150 million guy coming in. I I, I just don't, I just don't see it. Right. So if, if you can't or won't in this specific circumstance, empty the pocketbook for one individual player, man, that was an old sounding phrase. (laughs) <laughs> you could go ahead and sound like Mama my grandma. You could go ahead and 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 sort of spread the wealth through trades. Uh, before we wrap up here, before we just sort of uh, finish off this episode, yep. there's a chance this could end up being our last episode of the calendar year. If oh my gosh, depending on what happens with the CBA and what's going on with Major League Baseball and just where everything is at, it, do you have any sort of information at the moment as to where things stand with the collective bargaining agreement? Yeah, I'm following along like everyone else. You know, I maybe have a little bit extra, but but my feeling is at least based on, I don't think anybody knows for sure, but my mm-hmm. feeling is based on what I know is that unfortunately, I do think some form of a lockout is probably coming 
next week or whenever mm. that date is. It's it's pretty soon. Uh, I've been given indication from players that they sort of feel that it's coming to no animosity, just sort of like, hey, get ready, you know, f- find yeah. your find your gym, get find your shelter. trainers ready because you know you you can't work out with your guys that work for right. the, the teams. Like that's it. So so get that action prepared. Don't be caught off guard late December when you don't have anyone to work out with. Like get get these things going now. Uh, so that's definitely part of of that equation. But I don't think we're in for an extended lockout, Jeremy. I think that this mm. this is is not going to be something that's going to hurt, as as the commissioner said, games. I don't see that. I also don't think that this is going to be something that's going to crush free agency. The timing of it is just unfortunate because what we are getting into is is holiday time and new mm-hmm. year's time and let's be honest like that's going to be hard to work itself around but i mean will we have free agency in january i think so i do i think so i think at some point we will i don't think this is going to be elongated mm. uh, but i am an optimist on this subject sure hope maybe, maybe not like like others on this one but at least from what i understand a few weeks maybe you know this is something it takes a few weeks to hammer out and maybe mid-January, end of January, we get it done, and we have a wild few weeks of free agency, and then uh, spring training and the games begin. But I, I personally think there's just too much at stake for both sides to have this go into March and even go into the season. So I, I, I'm, I'm, op- I'm optimistic on, on this one. But unfortunately for the winter meetings, which I'm scheduled to go to, and, um, you know, I've every day I look in my phone and make sure I got that number to the hotel and yeah. see how many how many days it's got to be before I cancel that. Ugh, right. Gosh, yeah, that's it's, unfortunately, I think that that's going to be that's going to be out. But maybe they'll do winter meetings in January. We'll see. Mm-hmm. Well, hopefully, hopefully the optimism is warranted and and this is not an extended lockout is obviously that could only complicate things more in an already complicated offseason for the Marlins. Craig, before we do wrap this up, any last news and notes that you want to add out there uh, other than a happy Thanksgiving to everybody listening? That's pretty much it. I really, it's, it's, it's good to get a little break from this. It was, yeah. you know, Jeremy and I were at this every week during the baseball season. During the regular season, it didn't exactly go the way that we thought it was going to go. And I think that the Marlins thought that it was going to go. So we took a little break, but now we are back. And I I guess the funny thing is sometimes you listen to podcasts and they say at the end of these things, now that we're back, we're going to be back again. You're going to be hearing us. And and I'm not going to say that. (laughs) I'm not going to do that and lie to you here. But I assure you that when moves are made that are significant in nature, and need to be discussed and there are things that are out there you know that you can rely on us for that absolutely so uh, definitely this is a more open thanksgiving i know for a lot of people getting to see their families again in some way so i hope everyone enjoys that for sure i know that we will be doing that here uh, as well carefully and yep. um, wish all of you a very happy thanksgiving hopefully we get to talk uh, pretty soon maybe sometime in november or december but until then from my family to yours have a very happy thanksgiving and for your family jeremy as well oh thanks craig yes everyone listening thank you so much for all of your support throughout the year obviously craig and i are incredibly thankful for all of you we could not and would not do this without any of you so thank you for listening enjoy your thanksgiving enjoy your thanksgiving football and we'll be back with some baseball you know sometime soon 